This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at craftsanity.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Welcome to episode 146 of the podcast. I'm sorry I had a little unplanned break there in between. We had some illness run its way through our family, and that slowed things down just a little bit at the Craft Sanity headquarters. So thanks a lot for your patience, folks. I really do appreciate it. We're going to jump right back in today with an interview that I recorded at the end of October with Meredith Crawford from OneSheepishGirl.com. She has a lovely book out. It's a crochet book that is so cute. The book is called Crochet with One Sheepish Girl, Easy Lessons and Sweet Designs for Living, Wearing, and Giving. This is great timing because the book is full of projects that you can whip up pretty quickly. There's even a crocheted apron, folks, so Meredith has no idea, but she's a crafter after my own little crafty heart. (laughs) I saw that apron and I thought, oh yes, this is a book that I am going to really enjoy. Uh, There's even a granny square infinity cowl. So if you can make a granny square, you can make some really awesome things. I really enjoyed my conversation with Meredith because she didn't attempt to try to portray this perfect fairy tale craft experience. She's very honest about what has gone well and what was challenging for her behind the scenes. And I think you will all appreciate that because sometimes when we see these beautiful blogs with beautiful photography, sometimes people are really quick to assume that everything is going perfectly for the people who write these blogs all of the time. I know I'm a person who definitely has posted probably more than my fair share of unflattering write-ups or photos of myself. I don't really have any glamour shots on my website and things are not pristine by any means. Settle in, grab a project and soak this up because Meredith talks about what it's like to be a recent college graduate trying to live that dream of being a published author, um, but also, you know, the struggle to to find a day job that is something that's fulfilling. You'll get to hear what happened in her journey and uh, hopefully get inspired to have an adventure yourself. And of course, you can check out Crochet with with One Cheapish Girl at your local library or bookstore. It's fun. Believe me, I have a lot of crochet books and the fact that I'm attracted to this one, I think says a lot because I see a lot of books out there and I really like this one. So give it a whirl. I think you're going to like it too. Before we launch into that interview, I want to make sure I take a moment to thank my Patreon sponsors. Thank you so much, you kind folks, for helping me keep the podcast going. It means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I want to mention too that I'm going to start doing some giveaways. And instead of doing giveaways where I just open it up and random strangers here by some Google contest web crawler that I'm having a giveaway and they may have never listened to the show. I am going to start doing some monthly giveaways for the people who have sponsored the show. So if you're a Patreon sponsor or you've made some kind of contribution to the show to help keep it going, you folks will be automatically eligible for that. You don't have to enter. You don't have to do anything. I'll just do a drawing from the same pool of people. Uh, we'll try to like spread the love around so we won't pick the same winner every time. But the the group is still fairly small. So that's great for you, Patreon sponsors because and other um, donors, because you can 
have a great chance of winning some things. So there'll be probably the usual fare of books and we'll probably do some tea towels because I have awesome sponsors over at ACS Home and Work and that's where I buy my tea towels for printmaking. And I actually finally have taken some things to market here. I printed a Day of the Dead embroidery. It's kind of like I'm calling it a patch, but really it's kind of huge. It fits into like a six by eight inch uh, area and it's a it modeled after a sugar skull that I embroidered. I printed that and put that up in my Etsy shop and uh, did have a lovely person <laughs> purchase one to stitch. And what I'm trying to do is I'm stitching, I'm printing things and then embroidering and then sewing that patch onto either a bag or a tea towel because I don't like to have that messiness on the back. Call me particular, which I'm really usually not. I mean, I'm sitting in the messiest office in the world. So clearly, if I was so particular, I wouldn't be able to walk out of my house in the morning. (laughs) But um, I'm finding that this is kind of my own approach to uh, the printmaking, embroidery combo. I like to mix it up. And um, anyway, I'll be giving away some things I print, details from my sponsor, ACS Home and Work, and then some books that come across my my desk and maybe some other things. We'll see what we can put together. But I was trying to figure out a way to really honor the people who have so kindly stepped up to support me. And this makes the most sense because I do get access to things all the time. And I'd like to give those things away and just say, hey, thanks for being there to keep the show going. So, okay, that that took longer than I wanted to. I apologize, folks. Um, (laughs) Let's get to this conversation with Meredith because that's why we're all here today. So, Let's get to it. Well, first of all, tell us where you are right now. You're on your lunch break, <laughs> but yes. where, where? So, what is your day job, and where are you? I'm in Dallas, Texas. So, I, I've been I've lived in Texas my whole life, but right now I'm in Dallas, and um, my day job is with the Craft Yarn Council. So, I just have yarn all the time around me, even in my day job. Oh, that and, sounds like heaven. Um, yeah. So, I do <laughs> their social media, and I'm I do their communications. I'm, I'm the communications director for them. It's a relatively new position for me. I started a couple weeks ago, but I'm really enjoying it. And so, yeah, it's been great, and it definitely helps support um, my other creative endeavors. And yeah, it's it's going great. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So, did you study communications in college? I studied English and journalism, so I've always loved writing, and I I wanted to work for magazines, and I did a lot of internships with magazines when I was in school, and so I just always loved the editorial writing aspect of what I studied, and then I got into more of the communication and social media aspect just because of my blog and um, my Instagram use and Twitter use, like I just as I would promote my own work, I sort of learned how to use social media and the, the powerful um, impact it can play on, like, presenting your brand to the world. And so I've been able to use that in job interviews, and it got me here. So I'm really thankful for that. Social media can be wonderful or terrible, depending on how you use yeah. it, you know. But if yeah. you use it well, it's it basically can pave the way to a job, and it sounds like it did exactly that for you. What college did you go to? Southern Methodist University, so SMU, also in Dallas, so I've just been local for quite a while, and I I really enjoyed it. Um, That's when I started blogging was when I was in school, and um, it kind of came at just a time where, you know, I I liked what I was studying, and I was going along, but I just had nothing creative happening in my life, and I really wanted to I don't know. I, I needed something, and I did not expect it to be knitting or crochet. And then all of a sudden, I I read the Friday Night Knitting Club, and I was just like just on a whim. I picked it up at Barnes and Noble, and 
uh, the second I finished it, I went and to Michael's and bought some yarn and, oh, wow. and sat down in front of YouTube and taught myself. And a couple of weeks later, I was kind of got the hang of it. And the, the rest is history. I just kind of, I don't know. It was something I really needed to do for whatever reason during that time. And it, I don't know. It came out of nowhere, but I'm so thankful for it. And I love it. And been amazing just learning all the different stitches and everything you do not just knitting you crochet as well did you teach yourself to crochet too so both of my grandmothers tried to teach me how to knit and crochet when I was really young and I think I got the basics but I got bored really quickly and was like ah, I'd rather play with Barbies sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kids kinda, don't always you know, have the attention span for it yeah so I kind of gave up but it wasn't until I was in college that I decided to give it a try again and yeah it just stuck this time <laughs> and so how many years has it been now how old are you now I'm 24 so it's been about four years okay and that's years. not bad to go four years and book deal and now I know PR that's, for the... not, <laughs> that's not normal yeah I know that's wonderful though that's thankful. really wonderful <laughs> you do a mix of crocheting and knitting and your book is about crochet yeah. now are you planning to do a book about knitting too um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to, to get the chance to do more. I loved the whole process of writing the book. It'd be great to do different topics. Can you talk a little bit about how this book project came to be? Uh, were you approached or did you send off a book proposal? How did this happen? I was visiting my friend in New York. Uh, it was the summer after I graduated and I had some time in July. So I went out to visit her and I, while I was there, I figured I should probably set up some job interviews. Just I was on the job hunt at the time, and so I had some connections with Soho Publishing, and I just sent them an email like, I'm going to be in town these days. I'd love to, to meet you, to come by, bring my resume, like just see if you have any openings or just, just get a chance to talk to someone there and learn from someone. I don't know. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'd love that. Come by this day. And so I was all set. I had my interview outfit on and my resume in my hand, <laughs> and I went up the door and you know I sat down in front of Trisha Malcolm's desk and I thought she said yeah well um we've just hired three girls out of school so we don't really have any jobs right now and I was crushed which is not what you want to hear when you're there for a job interview yeah no I was like oh like within the first two minutes that was what she said I was like well all my hopes have been dashed and I was so so upset, but then quickly, not a second later, she goes, wait, wait, like, have you, have you thought about writing a book? And I said, yes, <laughs> but it just, it was, again, like, not what I expected. And, and then for the next hour, we talked about the possibility of writing a book and she, but she also brought up so many other, like, dream scenarios for me, like owning a yarn store, starting a magazine. Like, so she was throwing I mean, it all out there, having kind oh, of a dream so, session with you. Yeah, and I was just like, what? Like, this was, it was just so much. And so I went when I left, and she gave me all this information, and I walked down to my friend, and I was like, I really don't know what just happened. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> well, she mentioned writing a book, but she also said all these other things, so maybe she was just being nice, and like, that was all too good to be true, and I'm going to pinch myself, and this isn't going to happen. And she was like, oh, you know, it's going to happen. And I was like, I never, I didn't believe it. And then it took until about December that year that I had, they sent me the contract to start the book. Wow. And they were like, yeah, give us an outline, and we'll get this started. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they very much so presented me with the idea. Um, obviously, it's something I wanted to do, but it just, it definitely 
came out of left field for me. And so I was like, okay, like, Meredith, you're going to write a book now. <laughs> you need to figure this out. And so I just approached it with what do I like about crochet? What do I like to make? And I sketched out all the ideas. I started grouping them into the three sections of the book, the wearing, living, and giving. Just that's what I like to do with crochet. Mm-hmm. I like to make things to wear. I like to give them to friends, and I like to have them in my daily life, um, which, I don't know, it's just a different way of thinking about it. And, yeah, I just kind of spun from that. <laughs> you want to talk about some of the projects in your book? Yeah, so the the three categories I said, wearing, living, and giving, um, they just cover pretty wide variety of different accessories type stuff. So, like, wearing, there's a, a cowl that features a scallop striped pattern that I really like. I remember I, I saw that on a dress pattern. It was on just a fabric, and I was like, oh, I would love to translate that into crochet. And so I just I loved the look of that. And there's um, a heart pocket apron in, I think, the living section. Which is super cute. I love that's aprons. One, that's one of my favorites. And it was definitely inspired by I Love Lucy episodes, which I watched a lot while I was working on this. <laughs> she, I remember she always had that one with the heart pocket. And I was like, right. oh, I need to make that. And, so, and then giving, there's just all kinds of stuff. There's, um, I worked with an illustrator. Her name is Juana Beefert, um, and she does beautiful watercolor illustrations. And she did a set of printable cards that have a edge around them to where you can do like a crochet edge and uh, I, I did that project on my blog a while ago but just to have it be more personal and you can print scan the um, card and print them out and make your own and add the little crochet edge and try to add something fun to a card and then there's decorations for parties and gift boxes and all kinds of just This really is a book that's accessible for somebody who's just a motivated beginner that really wants to dive in. If you can make a granny square, then you're in business here, which is really cool. That's what I loved about it. And that's why when I was writing the book, and I I mean, you hear this expression a lot, like writing the book you wish you had when you got started, but that was like what it was for me. Like I definitely turned to a lot of magazines and, you know, the internet for just inspiration but there wasn't I felt like my style wasn't really out there as when I started experimenting with my own design so it was just really cool to put a more I don't know quirky spin on the crochet books that are out there and what kind of response have you gotten from your blog followers how are people reacting I found a great response it shocked me like within a couple of days of the book officially being out people had already made things and I was like uh, that wow. was the most exciting part, just to see pictures of that. Okay, like it works. Like hooray! Like <laughs> it wasn't just me, like randomly writing something down and hoping that it came, a pattern would come from it. Like it, someone just made that, and it just was a really cool feeling. So um, that's been the best part, is just seeing what everyone makes so far, and that they're using it, enjoying it, and seeing like pictures of it on their bookshelves, and that's just kind of blows me away. <laughs> A lot of people start blogs, and not everyone is successful. Not everyone is able to keep up with keeping the posts going and all that. But what kept mm-hmm. you going? Like, did you just get addicted to that dialogue with the public? I think blogging, because, you know, obviously, when people think about, I don't know, one sheepish girl, they think about yarn, and they think about, you know, crochet and knitting and all that. But for me, blogging allowed me to develop a passion for so many other things, like photography and film photography and embroidery and just so many different things that because of vlogging, I felt 
just the desire to learn and continue creating new things and trying new things and just doing something new in that space as much as I could because, I mean, I enjoy, I love what I do and having, like, specific, you know, crochet and knit and, and yarn, but I also enjoy just, I don't know, trying new things, being creative and having fun with in that space. And because it is my own, just kind of doing whatever I want, you know, and having a little bit of freedom on the Internet and in my little own little world. So it's just nice to have it be my space to get creative and share photos. And, I mean, I'm not a photographer, but I love, I you know, I've taught myself to shoot manually and just experiment with taking pictures and, I don't know, that's been a lot of um, why I love continuing to do it. It's just I, I'm not just stayed doing the same thing. I, I like continuing to learn and, and do more. And So what do you use to shoot your photos? What kind of camera do you shoot with? Um, a Canon 60. So okay. I, yeah, I upgraded a couple years ago. I, I had a, a lesser uh, Canon, but it was still great that I got a pretty a, a nice one not too long ago and yeah I love it I took just an online class about how to shoot manually and that was really helpful and just learning the importance of natural light and all of that and, I mean I love I also love styling photos so just um getting to do that for myself has been really great looks like you recently got a visit from uh, you had a little apartment styling going on according to yeah. your blog so what happened there that was um, a, a shoot with Molly Makes. So it was in their last, uh, well, issue 45. So they did a little tea and chat interview and then apartment tour with me, and that was really cool. And I, I mentioned in the blog post that my apart- that was like the first time my, ever, my, my apartment ever looked that clean and that nice. It looks really me, awesome. It, you did <laughs> a nice job. Me, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to come to your apartment. I was like, can I have some time? Because <laughs> I'm going to need to clean. How much time and, did they give you? Um, it was about a week. They were like, yeah. I mean, they had a local photographer who I've worked with before. And she's like, yeah, can she come by Sunday? And I was like, okay. Like, I got to get some stuff on the wall. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, I mean, it was all what I wanted to do. It's just I wasn't motivated until, like, yeah, it's going to be photographed. <laughs> so I was like, okay. But, um, yeah, I loved doing that. And, um just make I like making spaces special and making sort of what you have work and like it's a lot of it is just you know on my walls is either vintage or Etsy or you know decorate with my magazines and a coat hanger and um, little bits and pieces from friends and um, postcards and pictures and just I don't know it's it's all part of my life but it can still serve as decoration and something happy to remember I don't have to go and spend a ton of money on decor <laughs> is your yarn stash like crammed in another room or yeah. is this oh, okay okay <laughs> that was not that was not it um it was it's in little it's in plastic uh bins like a lot of it's under my bed in closets it's everywhere <laughs> okay so you're not so, you're not a complete minimalist when it comes to no yarn. no no okay because no. i was going to say when you work <laughs> for something called the yarn council <laughs> it's hard to no, not have any I, yeah <laughs> I have a problem, and I try and get it under control, but then all of a sudden I'm like, where did all this yarn come from? Oh, yeah, I bought it, and I don't. I probably will never use it. But <laughs> I think the fact that you're talking about how realistically, you know, you have stuff on the floor, too, at times, but obviously a oh photographer was coming, time. so you were going to have the dirty laundry, like, right on the floor. <laughs> right. So. 
Well, no, and I, I, I struggle. That's the part of the blogging world and just Instagram that I struggle with is because I love, like, that's my style is clean and just I love making pretty pictures. I love making things look nice. But I, I also don't like that that's what some people perceive. That's what, just what my life is, that my life is clean and well lit and perfect and covered in pastel colors and perfect. Like, that's not real life and um but yet I also have to remember it's not my responsibility to prove to others that my life is messy and not perfect so it's like if people are going to look at whatever I put out there and I don't know judge me on it or think that I'm living just some fairy tale life and you know I'll I'll do my best to say yeah this is this is pretty and my life is hard and so it's, it's it's not perfect all the time but you know, um, yeah, I can't, I can't be responsible for making sure everyone is aware of like, this isn't real. But You're in a position now, but did it take a while to find a, a solid job to land in after the book? And I don't know, did you write the book while you were working a day job or how did that work? I mentioned how the book came around the time when I was, I was definitely out there interviewing a lot. And so I, I didn't have a job, a full-time job when I um, got the book offer. So I was writing the book and still like going to job interviews, just trying to find work. And that took about a year. Um, so I was almost finished with the book by the time I landed my first full-time job um, and, or post-grad full-time job. And so I had to finish writing the book and doing the whole final photo shoot in the first month of that job. And so oh, that wow. was a really hard just month of like, ah, just a lot of things. And right. um, eventually... Uh, I was at that position for a year, and then um, I got this job was available, and so I just recently transitioned over here, and um, it's been a little kind of similar where I I was starting this job around the same time that my book was coming out, so it's just been kind of weird timing both times, but I mean, obviously less stressful this this time around, but um, yeah, it was hard. It was difficult out there. Like I went to a lot of job interviews, and I got a lot of no's. And, um, that, you know, what it, kinds of jobs were you applying for? Was it public relations or journalism or? Yeah, it was, um, let's see, I mean, so many, I was applying for copy editing positions. I was, um, applying for like just journalists, um, at local papers just to do some writing. I was applying for PR jobs, just pretty much anything and any, everything that said English or journalism in the job description mm-hmm. because it was getting to a point where I was like, Okay, and it was good. I mean, and the hard part was, I mean, I was writing a book at the time, and you know, I, I should have let that fill me with some sort of like, okay, you're you're doing something, you're right, right, feel some sort of confidence. Like, look, look what this publishing season you, you're writing a book, like that should be enough, but it wasn't, and I, um, I definitely got down on myself, and I hate looking back at that time and thinking how much more I could have enjoyed the whole writing process had I just allowed myself to be, like, proud for half a second. Right, right. feeling so like, oh, I'm not fitting this post-graduation mold. I need that job, and I'm not getting it, and I'm a failure. Like, there was other things, other beautiful things happening, but I just, I didn't appreciate it at the time. And so that's hard. Like, but now I'm thankful that it's out, and I do appreciate it, and I'm proud of it, and I'm, I'm just in a different headspace than I was at that time. So I learned a lot. <laughs> was it stressful to to blog during that time? How much yeah, of that did I, you how much of that did you reveal? Because I, I did not did, I didn't read I wasn't reading your blog at that point when you were going through I, that. 
never wrote about that. So like I this is the first time I've I've really talked about that and it's a post and post I guess that I've wanted to write, but it was like, okay, well I'm interviewing for jobs and my blog is visible to those like my blog is basically my portfolio, so I don't really want to be going on there and being like, Oh, life's really hard and I'm not getting a job because that's what they're going to look at when they type in Mary Spofford. And so I just, I didn't want to put that out there, but then I felt like I wasn't being honest with my readers. So it was a very, like, I just didn't even want to blog at all. I felt so conflicted. And, um, and then when I did get a job and it was really hard and life wasn't going well, it's just kind of like, you don't, you don't know how to say it to where, um, you know, you're being real, but you're also protecting yourself in a way. Right. I definitely struggled with that. And I'm, still learning like there's stuff that I'd love to talk about and write about but I'm just trying to I don't know figure out the best way I want to do that to where I'm comfortable but yet I feel like I'm just being a little bit more transparent than I have been in the last year or so and a lot of that had to do with focusing more on the book and less on um less on the blog just because of and then obviously having a job that took over so sort of switching back into okay what is it that I want to share how do I want to you know present myself and I don't know, just sort of reintroducing myself to the blog. <laughs> and maybe this will be your segue. You can, you know, let people listen to what you have to say and then, you know, follow up yeah. with a blog post or something. But... I would love to do that. That's a great idea because it's, it's easier to talk and like have people hear your voice and just hear, you know, it from you instead of, I mean, I love writing and I'd like to think that I, you know, in my own style, like it sounds like me, but there's just certain ways where you can't say everything when you're talking and so now that you have the book out and you can make whatever you want again what have you been working on i started a knit vest from um, a friend of mine she wrote a book a little while ago called knitting by design and oh yeah um i think i have a copy of that um tell me tell me the author's name um emma robertson yeah yeah that's a good book i was started the vest pattern from there a while ago and I got like a half an inch done and then I just <laughs> put it to the side. And so I'm like, okay, before I start anything else, I'm going to finish that because I just honestly want to wear it. And right. I'd like, I'd like to finish it and wear it at some point. So I'm trying to just really work on that a little bit each day and hopefully I'll get it done in time because, and I live in Texas, so it won't be really cold until January, I'm sure. So I have some time. <laughs> but and how cold see. does it get in Texas? It gets it gets pretty cold. I mean, obviously, I think someone's probably laughing right now because they're. In I might be laughing right now. How, yeah. how cold yeah. does it get in Texas? Because I'm in Michigan, where it gets really um, cold. Like, like the it'll get down to the. I mean, the 20s. I mean, definitely is like the coldest. But you know, in the winter, like 50s, 40s, it's pretty okay. cold. So you're definitely then, in some sweater weather, and uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it'll. We have some random ice days that happen a lot in February to where, I mean, in Texas, if it's like half an inch of ice, you know, everything shuts down, but it's just because our cars and roads aren't really prepared for it. Right. It's always interesting when that happens. I I like it. I like that I would miss school and stuff. So it's always kind of nice to have that little break in the winter, but (laughs) that's about it. It doesn't get that bad. It sounds like you've been in Dallas for a while. So is that where you're from originally? Yeah, I'm from um, the Dallas area, and yeah, my family lives around Dallas, so that's nice just to have keep everyone close by, and I start work here pretty early. I do 7 to 4, so I get up really early in the morning, and thankfully I get to come home before traffic, so I can Which is spend nice. some time on, you know, block stuff, and 
um, just a little time in the evening to be creative or go see friends and then back at work. And I have a couple of days where I can work from home, which is helpful so I can get a few other things done. But yeah, I think this, I'm just, I, like, this is really my second week. Well, <laughs> so you're still trying to figure of, out what your routine yeah. is, right? So I'm, I'm working into that routine. So that's an interesting question right now because I'm like, I'm kind of figuring that out. So, but it, I know it'll come together. You <laughs> mentioned that your position is, is new. Was there a marketing person before you or is this a completely no, new yeah. position? Yeah. Okay. I freelanced for them for a while. And so I think my, my freelance position is what um, inspired this position and it, it grew into a full-time position. Okay. So how long were you freelancing? I'm about a year. Oh, okay. So yeah, so you've yeah. been there for a good long time. And yeah. so are, is there an effort, are you guys trying to, to reach people, like younger people, or is there any particular thing that you guys are trying to reach out to any particular group? Yeah. One of their biggest focuses is One of America. So that's what they do a lot. And that's where they crochet, like knit and crochet. For charity? Yeah, squares. And then they sew them together and make Afghans for the homeless. Or they do um, baby blankets and just anyone who's in need of just some warmth. And so that's all their big focus right now. Is, um, they they work with the local hospital, Parkland where they're having just a, a drive for baby blankets and they've had such an, an incredible response and boxes come every day with blankets and hats and all kinds of stuff. So that's, that's been really cool to get to work on and spread the word about. So, Do you know how long the council has been around? What is their main objective? Is it to, to raise the profile and make people aware of handcrafts or what? what are I they... don't know how long it's been around, but I know that the main council above all of like the yarn, um, yarn companies and there's like the whole industry then yeah they're like all kind of part of the council and they're all members and what they do is just yeah promoting yarn and yarn craft and the yarn industry and and that work so do you know do they have certification programs so you could become like a master master knitter or crocheter yes yes and they do a the teaching program with michael stores um, and in other stores, I believe, but they, they have, that's where they, their instructors go through the certification program. So, and I'm definitely learning more about that because my, um, position was primarily social media. So I just did. You're right. Um, you're, you're just kind of managing, yeah. making sure they have a voice out there. And yeah. do you have some things of interest that any trends that you're spotting or anything that seems fun to you that seems to be mm-hmm. gaining popularity? Anything you've observed about just crafting in general? I look towards a lot of, Whenever I am inspired to do something new with crochet or knitting or anything, I really look towards fashion blogs and magazines. Just I don't know why. Like I, I get I find a lot of inspiration from just the way things look and are styled. And it's always weird how that's that's what gives me inspiration because it's often nothing to do with knitting or crochet. And yet for whatever reason, I love translating something that's just not typically done in crochet and seeing how it will look and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but it's really fun just taking you know an incredible fashion editorial and being like okay like well I really want to you know try that and see if it works with yarn and it's really awesome when it does right now it's there's a lot of just the pastels out there like wintery pastels and um, embroidered uh flowers and florals that I've, I've been really wanting to try and just do a bit more like embroidery embroidery with yarn on top of either like sweaters or oh cool um like and just a store-bought sweater or um on top of like mittens or headband just trying to like incorporate that in some way and so I've had you know 
doodlings and um, written that down in my idea journal, just like, okay, how am I, how am I going to make that happen? <laughs> well, and it looks like you already did make that happen because I just saw earlier today, mm-hmm. I was uh, I looked through some of your tutorials and saw that you did. Yeah. It, you know, was that a store-bought sweater? Just so you have like it a, was. An off, it looks like it's off-white or gray. I can't Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so you just embroidered flowers on the shoulder. Yeah. And is it on mm-hmm. both shoulders? I can only see one in yeah. the photo. Okay. And yeah. Really cute. That's just a really Thank cute you. thing. And, and I haven't seen anybody else really do that. So it's I really like how you're kind of just getting inspired and trying stuff. You're probably inspiring a lot of people to kind of try some of their own ideas. That's what I'd love to encourage people to do. Is like I know it's, it's easy to go out there and, and see, you know, a blogger or a, a, a website or something and be like, okay, well, I want to be that and do everything you can to be just like, that person and their style, but, you know, there's so many other ways to find inspiration and find it through your own creativity and everyone has something different to bring to the table. And if, if you just allow yourself to feel like your creativity is enough, then, then that's, that's all you need. <laughs> and you've, you've got enough to create something awesome. <laughs> Do you think that even during the difficult part when you were searching for a job and writing a book and not feeling like you really could celebrate because you didn't, you know, you're really focused on trying to get a full-time job. Do you Mm -hmm. think that having crafting in your tool belt of like kind of as a self-help kind of de-stress mechanism, how important was that to you during that time? Oh, it was so important. Like there were all kinds of projects that I would turn to when I was just getting overwhelmed. And, you know, because at the time of writing a book, I didn't have a full-time job, I would turn to other craft projects just to take a break from the crochet that I was doing all the time. Mm-hmm. So like I would, I had an embroidery project that I worked on for a while and just, it was just so calming to just like, I'm not thinking about finding a job. I'm not thinking about, you know, just everything that's going wrong or seems to be going wrong. I'm just thinking about this project and these stitches are awesome and I'm having a, you know, a great time. And I, I love how this looks and that's, that would just kind of take my mind off of it. And it's also just allowed me to, you know, I'm, I'm not, or I, I guess I wasn't, you know, I was one sheepish girl. I was not confident and not, I didn't believe in just myself very much for most of my life. And to have found that source of, okay, like, you know, I have value. I have, I have a voice. I have something to say. Then it through crafting and creativity. Like that's just, that's why I think I, I um, have such a, a careful and respectful relationship for what it is I do because I believe it has done so much for my life. And I mean, in addition to other things, but um, I feel just sort of like a, a thankfulness for it. You learned how to crochet roughly, it was about four years ago, you had mentioned right. earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know before you got this book deal, did you know how to write crochet patterns or did you have to learn that as part of the process? I definitely learned that. I, I learned it I mean, a little bit before, because I, I was starting to write patterns, just free ones on my blog, and I learned that through reading a lot of patterns right. and following patterns and then just figuring out, okay, well, now I'm creating my own. And so I just sort of followed by, you know, other people's patterns and what I saw out there. And But I definitely had help, and I learned, like, okay, well, like this is what it needs to look like in book form. And, yeah, I definitely had – there was a little bit of learning curve, but I – Thankfully, caught on. Thank you so much. And I will, unless there's anything I didn't ask you, if there's anything else that you would like to say to the listening public, here's your chance. <laughs> oh, well, just thank you for buying the book and supporting my blog and my work. And 
just being a great community of creative people. You're all great, and I'm, I think you're awesome. <laughs> so awesome. thank you so much for having me. This was fun. A special thanks to Meredith for sharing her story and telling us about her book, Crochet with One Sheepish Girl. Visit her blog at onesheepishgirl.com and get inspired. She's got some really beautiful photography and just inspiration on her site. So uh, definitely support her. She's She's made some wonderful contributions and in her new job, she can make even more and to be surrounded by yarn now on a daily basis. That is wonderful. And I'm really happy for her. I didn't know her as she was going through her struggle to find gainful employment, you know, after college. And I'm so happy that she's not only, you know, has a book under her belt, but has been able to basically blog her way to a really cool job in in the art and craft industry. So that's really great. Congratulations, Meredith. I can't wait to see what you do next. And this is just a, such a great example of what can happen when you just keep working, even when things might not be going the way you wanted them to. Meredith just kept working. She stuck to her guns and things turned out well. So for any of you who might be feeling stuck or like you're not exactly in the place where you want to be, just keep doing your thing and creating your own presence online. If that's something that you're interested in and open to, that might be a good idea because if you start doing what you love in a way that other people can see it, a lot of times they'll kind of pull up alongside and be like, hey, I think we're going the same direction. Maybe we can work together. <laughs> and and that could turn into a job. I'm already kind of looking ahead to my winter break from my college job and getting my magazine back on track because I think about it every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. And it's honestly been like this continuous anxiety attack for the last um, year or so because I have fallen off my print schedule and I've kind of lost myself in this college commitment. And I really, for my own sanity and for my own creative soul, I need to get this thing back on track. And so issue 10 is something that I've been, I've had in the works for a long time. I have purchased the rights to print projects and I had book excerpts lined up and I need to kind of obviously update things and I'm going to be putting in new content. It will not be a seasonal issue. It's going to be kind of a collection of things that I really love and I really enjoy and that I think you'll enjoy too. So if you have a recipe, a project, a story, uh, something that you'd like to share, and I like to kind of come at this with kind of a timeless approach. So I like to create publications with really no expiration date. You know, when I was recruited to teach at the college, I, for the first year, I did faithfully keep my magazine going on track. And then the second year I kind of fell off track. And then this year I've been just struggling really to just manage my schedule, the more involved I get with this program. So I am working to sort myself out here and not work like 150% effort into a a part-time job. I have a hard time. I'm not someone who can work part-time. I I work full blast. That's all I know how to do. I'm working on that folks. And I thank you all for your patience. Head over to craftsanity.com for links to Meredith Crawford's blog and read a little bit about her book and also for links to ACS Home and Work, my sponsor for this podcast. Leave a comment or send me an email. I would love to hear from you. I hope you guys have a great week. I will be back very soon with another conversation that will hopefully inspire you to greatness. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at craftsanity.com to donate $1 a month 
or buy a handmade loom or magazine at craftsandy.etsy.com. Thank you.